This is Small Biz Florida, the podcast designed and produced specifically for Florida small business owners and entrepreneurs. Small Biz Florida, talk that works for Florida. This podcast is supported by the Florida SBDC Network, providing the tools, strategies, and expertise to help Florida's business community thrive. Visit the Florida SBDC online at www.floridasbdc.org or contact your local office and get started on your path to success today. This is Small Biz Florida, the podcast that broadcasts it's all things business across the state of Florida. And if you've been tuning in to recent episodes, you know that Small Biz Florida has been on the road. We are in Orlando at the JW Marriott Grand Lakes Resort. And we are here because we are covering and working and attending the 11th annual JMI Small Business Leadership Conference. It is an incredible gathering of small business owners, operators, entrepreneurs, small business suppliers and vendors. Uh, so all kinds of things going on, small business here at the JMI conference. And um, as we do from time to time, when we hit the road, uh, we bring along with us our very good friend and co-host, Dr. Herbert Ricardo. Dr. Ricardo, thanks for serving as co-host. Tom, thank you so much for being over here. Yep. And we, uh, Dr. Ricardo, is, is a standout business school instructor and professor at Indian River State College. And we've got with us one of those incredible small business owners and operators, uh, a really a gentleman who really goes beyond small business. Uh, it is Alan Bornstein, uh, who is the president and founder of Workgroup Payroll, and uh, he is also the owner and the operator of WGP Insurance. But forget all that, he's really known for uh, his hosting uh, uh, of the Secret to My Success radio show and podcast. The radio show uh, uh, runs on Legends FM in the Palm Beach County market. And of course, the podcast is global, 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 global. So, uh, Alan, with all that, gosh, uh, I'd like to thank you for coming on the show. I took all the time with all those introductions. So, um, but uh, we, we've got a few minutes left to talk to you, though, Alan. <laughs> uh, but uh, welcome to Small Biz Florida. Thank you, sir. Thank you for attending and sharing your your talents and expertise here at JMI. Thanks for having me. You know, Absolutely. that introduction sounded like the beginning of Rocky with Apollo Creed coming out, and he's the master of disaster. He's got every no, title right. there is. That's so. right. Well, I think it was. It was. It, it was. The legend. I, I love the fact that you're on Legends FM. I'm on yes. Legends FM. Yes. That's right. And we have a lot of fun doing that. What is this, what is the genre of Legends FM? Just talk radio? No, it's you know? actually a nice little radio station. It's owned by... Uh, why am I forgetting? He owns a Connecticut, Dick Robinson, Connecticut okay. School of Broadcasting. Uh, He's got a nice. training program over there, but he has Legends FM, some of the old stuff the old folks kind of like, you know, the nice. uh, the crooners. And they do some talk shows on the weekends, and uh, they have a great following. Now, we spoke a little earlier and enjoyed the conversation. You, um, you are here at the JMI conference because you are an alumni, I believe, of this whole JMI um, 
process. Uh, talk to us a little bit about that whole program and, and uh, kind of why you engaged in the program. I graduated in 2020. And I kept getting these emails about this program. I kept getting these emails and I finally stopped ignoring them. And I, I listened and saw what they were doing and I went to an intro meeting. And I am so happy that I did. I'm like, how could this be? You know, I, I'm king of networking. I, I was the chairman of the West Boca Chamber. I was involved in all kinds of networking groups. I said, yeah, I'm gonna go and check it out. And I liked them, they were really nice. They actually had a lot of business owners that were trying to figure out how to be better business owners. And it was a fun program. And without even going in there thinking I'm going to get new business, my first meeting, I walked out with four new clients. Um, Wasn't trying to. It just we were talking about how we could help each other. You know, what's going on with you? And it was just so really nice. And we've done some amazing things for some of the not-for-profits. I kind of got stuck in this room. Every time you're breaking out in a session, you're supposed to leave. And by the time we got through the fourth session, I'd been in the same room with this woman named Martha Putnam. And she started doing my commercial, introducing me to everybody and says, I knew I need a new payroll company. And now that you've been with me all day long, it's yours. I learned so much. The program is great. They had get great guest speakers. They had great trainers. And one of the true exercises that separated everything for me they come in and they ask you to write on a piece of paper how you want to be perceived. And I'm a payroll company, I'm an insurance agency, and it's like, I want to be perceived as this expert in the area that we love small businesses, we like our clients, we want to help them, we want to do things for them that nobody could have. And then they ask everybody in the room to tell you what you think of Alan. Oh, he's funny, he makes me laugh, he's joking. And it dawned on me, a few years earlier, I had a client that was in a networking group with me and she owed the IRS $12,000. She came to me and I'm like, so what do you want to do? She's, well, the, the tax lawyer told me to pay it. I'm like, okay. My CPA told me to pay it. I'm like, okay. She's, what do you think? I said, I don't think you should pay it. Give me a shot at it. Let me reach out to the IRS. I'll make it go away. She's like, really? So I did. I called up, $12,000 fee went away. All the money she had paid, she got back with interest. She's, you don't understand, Alan. I always thought you were a funny guy. I didn't think you actually knew anything that you were talking about. You need to get it out sooner for people to understand how good you are at what you did. And that exercise with the entrepreneurship program got me to realize that I always thought I was going to be funny because I'm competing with these beautiful girls and GQ guys from ADP and paychecks and that that's what I compete with. Well, guess what? I don't have to do that and I don't have to be funny, but I can actually figure out ways to do it. And they really opened my eyes and made it easier for me to understand. I think I think the most interesting thing you just said there was the GQ guys and beautiful girls at ADP and Paycheck. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> that may be a pretty good advertising for them. It Alan. is, but I don't, but you know what it is? Those people do what I call the hit and run. They walk into a company, they promise them the earth, the moon, and the stars, they sell them, they're higher priced than anything I could ever be, right. and then if you need help, call somebody in the office because I can't do it. You know, my favorite question uh, to always ask folks like you, Alan, is here you are, uh, an experienced, uh, successful business owner, operator, entrepreneur, and have all kinds of experience, uh, more experience than, than uh, a, you know, a lot of folks out there. But you took the time 
to say, you know what, I'm going to go back into a program like JMI. What, what prompts an individual like you with your kind of experience to say, I'm going to go back for a little more training? What, what, what is the drive there? I'm smart enough to realize that I'm not the smartest guy in the room and that I need to count on people around me to help me be better. I've always felt that way. So the very day I think I know every day, everything is the day I should sell the business. Right. You know, everybody needs help. Everybody needs some kind of assistance. There's certain things you need to give to other people to do for you. And I give you the example. If you're a business owner and you buy wire and bend your own paper clips because you think you're saving money, you're an idiot. Okay. Mm. It's too much time and effort to do it. So there's things that you could be doing that make you more money, but relying on people around you to get the other things done. And I always believe that you need to keep learning. And yeah. you know, the price is right. It's crazy. These people don't charge you anything. I would have paid thousands of dollars if I knew what it was worth, you know, what they were going to do for me. They charged you nothing. They were giving us free meals. I mean, the program's amazing. Yeah, and I, you know, and I, I'm, I'm again very impressed with with your answer because I, I, I agree too, and I've, I've asked that question to, to many, successful entrepreneurs, and, and it is the same answer that that we're smart enough to understand, we just don't know everything, and we can't know everything. Um, again, we teach that concept in entrepreneurship. You can't be an expert at everything. It really is about team building. You got to have a good team around you. Absolutely, but you also, COVID taught me a lot of things, and the one thing in, in payroll. And even the insurance business, I was scared to death. I mean, COVID comes in, our clients are closing. I'm going crazy. I go, to, I go to sleep one night, I wake up the next morning, and it's like a blanket. I woke up and said to my staff, stay with me. I'm never going to lay anybody off. We'll figure this thing out. We'll get through it. Let's help our customers because they need us. And everybody came to us looking for PPP documentation to get their PPP loans. Sure. It's all payroll based. Sure. So we went out and we said that if you call between 9 a.m. and 11 p.m., we will give you the three options for your PPP money, A, B, or C. You pick the one that makes the most amount of sense and we'll tell you where you're going to get the most amount of money. If your bank's not doing it because a lot of people got locked out, all right. we took them to our bank and we got them their money. And then we did all the paperwork for forgiveness. So we had to modify. We had to change everything. And we went to some of our customers that weren't running payroll, a bunch of restaurants. We said, Look, we have a monthly minimum. We're going to cut your minimum in half. We'll stay with you if you stay with us. And we grew our business because we actually care. Hmm. If you actually care about your customers and you're liking your customers, it makes it easier to go out of your way to do things to help them. Nice. Yep. Absolutely makes sense. Um, you know, love the philosophy and... And uh, I guess, uh, you know, you're out there, you're, in, you're, you know, you're cutting payroll for a number of small business owners. Where do you see the marketplace? I'm assuming you're kind of focused in Palm Beach County, but um, bad assumption, you, that, bad assumption. So, so I'm actually all over the country. OK, so we do work for foreign governments that have people here in the U.S. We do work for clients everywhere from Florida to New York to California. So the payroll is interesting. You know, you're competing with the Intuits and some of these little online things that you don't really get a whole lot of handholding and you don't get a lot of help. Even with the ADPs or the paychecks, and I hate to keep naming them out, but a lot of business owners don't understand the cost of turnover. So when we break it down for them and show them how state unemployment works and what it's based on, and if you don't have unemployment claims, you could take your unemployment from $378 per person in Florida to seven. Well, that's great. And if you have 
20 employees, that's a big difference. So a lot of people don't understand how that works. And we explain and try and make better business owners better at understanding the process, but in letting them know, you don't need to know this because we do. So a lot of times in our industry, you know, they've got these smaller companies, but that's it. They'll process, do you have any questions? Good luck, try and get an answer. And we've always said, if you want to compare, do a comparison of my company, Work Group Payroll, versus any one of those companies and look up complaints. And it's not that we don't do things wrong because everybody does things wrong. How do you fix them? If you fix your complaints and take care of your customers, they thank you. If a customer's got to call you 20 times to fix something, they're not liking you. You know, Alan, wow, so much information that um, you're sharing. And there goes the bell because everybody's going to get um, some uh, chocolate chip cookies. Yes. Um, we love it. But anyway, um, you, you mentioned um, going through this uh, uh, scenario where you had to uh, share what you thought people thought about you. And then they gave you what people really thought about you. And, you know, what's that? Perception, isn't it? I mean, perception that's, versus reality. That's Correct. exactly it. Yes. Right. So so you had a you have a perception of who you are. Um, and then also what you can do is you can turn that into your perception of your client and your and the businesses that, that you serve. And it seems like you did the exact same thing, too. You're like, this is what they need. They might not necessarily know that, but let me help them with their particular need. So, um, is this is this part of your practice when 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 you're interacting with a lot of your businesses? Are you constantly trying to think about what they need beyond what they're able to see? It's funny you say that. Have you guys heard of ERC, Employee Retention Credits? It's funny a lot of people don't. So, Employee Retention Credit came out in 2020. You had a choice of PPP or ERC. The employee retention credit of 2020 was up to $5,000 per employee for the year or the PPP. And a lot of people didn't understand the credit, so they didn't go that route. They took PPP. The government came back and changed it and said you can get PPP and ERC. So if you had different criteria and you got your PPP money in 2020, let's say you got it April, May, June, July, we could apply for you for ERC for Q4 of 2020, which is up to $5,000 per employee. A lot of people didn't know it. CPAs don't know it. A lot of bookkeepers didn't know it. And payroll companies weren't doing it. So we go back in and we actually have to just modify your 941. We send it to the IRS and they write you a check. So we had one company. We went through the whole thing. We got them $219,000. Yeah. So they get the check. A week later, the IRS writes back and says, uh-uh, we want the money back. It's okay. I'm going call the IRS. Call the IRS. I'm like, guys, why? Well, we don't know. I'm like, well, then how do you have the nerve to call back my customer and ask him for money back? You need to explain to me what we did wrong. We don't know. I'm like, well, then you need to stop collection activities until you figure it out. 90 days later, they came back in for the money again. We said, once again, guys, you need to figure out what's going on. And they said, we don't know. I'm like, well, that department needs to reach us because you change something, they're entitled to that money. We told the customer, put the money in the bank, don't touch it, just in case there's a problem. That was 10 months ago, that money's theirs. So sometimes you have to stand up to the IRS, but we've been helping customers get their ERC money, they're entitled to it. So 
we had to keep changing to modify the situation as it changed. So at one point it was 50% decrease, then it was 20% decrease. And then they were saying if you actually were affected by COVID. Right, right. And then there's a carryover from a Q4 to Q1. Sure. So there's a whole lot of stuff there. But we had customers that told, that told us that companies were offering to do that for them for 20%. Right. I'm like, really? I won't do it. They're like, what? Look, we charge you 300 bucks to modify your 941. I will not charge you 20%. I think it's sleazy. I think the article would come out if we did something wrong, even by mistake, that we were getting a large cut. Absolutely not. We do it all by the book. So we had to learn how to be better for our customers. And when you get a customer that's got $120,000 in the mail, it's amazing how much they really like you. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Level of appreciation goes up. Right. uh, Exponentially. Yes. Um, Talk to us a little bit about your radio show, um, Secret to My Success. What do you What do you talk about? Who are your guests? Uh, how does one find it? Okay, so the website is secret, the number two, mysuccess.com. I started the show with a guy named Luis Alisea. Alisea is a former Red Sox baseball player. I'm a huge Red Sox fan. That's the big joke. He used to play for Kansas City, St. Louis Cardinals, Texas Rangers, pretty well known in baseball. So we had this idea about where are they now? And then we said, let's talk about where are they now if they're in business? So we've interviewed everybody from Pudge, even Rodriguez, Hall of Famer, Mo Vaughn, Tom Flash Gordon, you know, five car dealerships up here in Orlando. Uh, Rick Ankiel, we talked to him about how he couldn't throw the ball to home plate anymore. Mike Greenwell used to be the left fielder for the Red Sox. And these people tell us these stories. So I'm not sure, you guys know who Mike Greenwell was? Do not. So he took over after Jim Rice in left field. So I guess he had told us in 62 years, the Red Sox had four left fielders in 62 years. Everything from, you know, Teddy to Rice to Ustremski to Greenwell. He said in that period, I think there was 11 presidents in the United States. It was actually easier to become president than it was to become (laughs) the left fielder. So this guy lost out his rookie of the year to Mark McGuire. And he lost out MVP to Jose Canseco. Steroids, of course. (laughs) So he says, I got screwed more than anybody. And I was going to do it. Seven years in, the Red Sox were negotiating a contract with him. And they said, you know, if you hit a couple more home runs. He thought about it. He said he was going to do it. He said, I've never told anybody. But on the show, he's telling us he went out and bought them. His wife found out. She's a nurse. She threw him out and said, over my dead body, are you doing steroids? And refused to let him do it. So we have really cool guests, and he owns a construction company and a restaurant. He used to own a, uh, like a game place, you know, the rides and everything else down in West Florida. So we talked to people about how they transitioned. Mo Vaughn was one of the best. He comes on and he says, and he used to be the first baseman for the Mets, the Red Sox. He says for years, he went to meetings. He made sure he was there early, dressed appropriately, and kept his mouth shut so nobody would know, in his words, he was a stupid baseball player. Smart guy. He has 700 people working for him. So we talked to those people that have transitioned. Now, I, this one I know you're going to know. Have you seen Animal House? Uh, yes. Um, um, maybe just once or twice. Yeah, 200 times a year. <laughs> so, yes. Do you remember Animal House? <laughs> yeah, that's right. yeah, 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 yeah. So there was a girl on there that came down and said, Fawn is dead. She got killed in, a, in an accident, a killing right. accident. That was every little boy's dream when we were kids. So she was on the show. She owned 
runs a candle making company in New Zealand with 25 employees. And she talked about, she went on the interview and she actually had a strip down in front of the director and his wife. They wanted to see the goods because they knew she was gonna be naked in the movie. And then she talked about how she transitioned into being a business owner. So we talked to business owners who own businesses and we asked them some crazy stuff. Tell me the first time you fired a customer, how to feel. Tell me about your business. Did you get support from your family? And then we have resources that come on that offer help to businesses to help them grow. And I can tell you, I am having so much fun doing it. It is a blast. Yeah. Louis is a good guy. I love working with him. He's awesome. And we bring people on. We don't charge them to come on the show. We give them a free advertisement while they're right. there. And we hope that we're helping them to be in business and to help them grow their business. Well, and again, to, to your point too, one of the reasons we created this podcast um, was to make sure that small business owners were aware, at least as best we could do, were aware of all the resources available out there across the state of Florida. And there are a lot of resources. I mean, SBDC, SCORES, uh, you know, Women's Business Centers. I mean, it, the list just goes on and there on. There is now, but you know, I'm 56 years old. When I was a kid trying to start my business, you know what they said? Yeah. Good luck. Well, no, I, Nobody taught entrepreneurship in college. Let's go get a job. Well, that's right. Well, I say all the time, if I'd have told my parents I was made Major in entrepreneurship, they'd have, they'd have sent for me to come home, right, and cut me off. You're, uh, you're an art major; you just don't know it. <laughs> That's right, <laughs> right, <laughs> right. So, and I, one of my favorite questions to the team at the Florida SBDC at Indian River State College, I ask them all the time: Where were you people when I was in business? Because yeah, I could have used all this. Absolutely, I absolutely agree. It wasn't there. I had a great idea when I was 19. I went to. Uh, score and they laughed at me and said, little Jewish kid wants to start a business. Good luck. <laughs> You're on your own. <laughs> I was the only poor Jewish kid anybody knew, you know? And then uh, when I had my first idea, I was uh, my second idea, third idea. Anyway, I went to one of my college professors and said, I want to create paid internships. He says, I want to be your partner. So this is my college professor wants to be my partner, but he didn't like to sell. So about three months in, we run out of money. I'm like, Jack, what do you want to do is I quit. I cut my first deal two weeks later without him with Connecticut Bank and Trust. And I brought in $5,000. And this is in 1986. And I grew my business. I thought I was going to be retired by the time I was 30. 1989 happens. Guess what? I didn't retire. <laughs> All right. Well, again, uh, you know, it's, it's entrepreneurs like you and business folks like you that, that I, I really appreciate when you, when you come on with real life stories, you share your experiences of, of success and, and failure. And I think it's so important that, that, um, that other businesses and business owners realize that they don't have to do all this alone. There's resources out there. Right. There's podcasts, there's radio shows, there's real uh, mentoring and consulting and coaching out there. And to your point, a lot of it's no cost. Right. Score, SBDC, no cost to all that. Doesn't right. cost you a penny. Take from it what you want. That, you know, take it all, take just one piece of it. And, and, uh, so we appreciate, uh, we appreciate what you're doing. We appreciate you as a small business owner in the state of Florida, uh, employing folks. We appreciate the work you do to support small business, uh, owners and operators through the payroll and insurance company. Uh, those are important services, uh, that, that small business owners, uh, can, can use and leverage. And we import and we uh, appreciate what you're doing and sharing all this through uh, secret to my success on the legends FM. And a podcast platform. So if I could tell anybody that's listening, if you have an interesting story and you want to be on our show, we'd love to hear from you. Uh, you can go to secrettomysuccess.com. 
or my email is alanb at wgpis.com. Alanb at wgpis. We'd love to hear from you. Well, Alan, just so you know, I have like, uh, I have like, 49 interesting stories. So come on down. <laughs> We'd love to hear it. I've, I've had money in the bank. We've had no money in the bank. I, We've I've, all been, I've been bailing employees out of, uh, I've bailed employees out of jail. I mean, I listen, I, I tell my students all the time. I say, I, I spent 25 years in, in private enterprise. You are not going to tell me a story where I'm going to be shocked or surprised about small business. You know, I've seen it all. Uh, unfortunately for me, my best education experience I ever received was, was through the mistakes I made in business. And, and that's why I really appreciate what I do now because I, I can help small business owners maybe avoid some of the mistakes I made. Right. My first business, I never told anybody I owned it. I lied. Uh, I'm sorry, sir, but I'd love to do that. But the owner of this business will never sell that at that price. <laughs> or I'm sorry, sir, right. but the owner of the business will never pay you that for that price. It's right. just not going to happen. So I used to pretend I had this boss that didn't exist right. so that people wouldn't be able to hold me accountable. And at 19, nobody right. wanted to believe I owned sure. the business, so right. it made it easier. Well, mm-hmm. anyway, Alan, we appreciate it. Uh, any last uh, uh, thoughts? No, there, I just Dr. think Ricardo? great, Alan. Absolutely enjoy it. Dr. Ricardo has stories too. He needs to be on your show. <laughs> I would love to get you both on my show. So that'd be great. And <laughs> I, the one thing that I think a lot of people in small business, when they're starting out, they lose the concept of networking. So I started my business with a, a lousy 600 bucks when I transitioned over, and I've never done any advertising. It's all been networking, it's all been going through people, meeting people. And the key is you got to want to help. Yeah, sure. Absolutely. If you like your customers and you actually want to help your customers, it makes it easier for you and them to believe in what you're doing. Absolutely. Don't look at a customer as a dollar sign. Look at them as how you can help them. And I think that's the difference. And that's truly what we try and do. Uh, Alan, I'm, 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 I'm won't be surprised if you haven't won some sort of networking awards. I'm sure uh, you are a networker extraordinaire. I have fun doing it. I really, I wish I could do nothing else but network, but unfortunately I got a business to run. All right. Uh, Alan, it is, uh, Alan, uh, Bornstein. Uh, I'm not going to go through, uh, I'll, I'll leave you with this. He is the, his primary role in the, the, in the small business community is he serves as host of secret to my success on legends FM in the Palm Beach County market. And it's a podcast platform. He also runs some, uh, payroll and insurance company. And there's nothing sexy about payroll. <laughs> nothing. In fact, right. we had, a, we had a website that was payroll doesn't have to suck.com, <laughs> but I was offending too many women. So right. we went with payroll.love. We spread the payroll. Love. There you go. Yes. I love it. Alan, keep spreading the love. We're going to. Um, This is Small Biz Florida coming to you from the JMI Small Business Leadership Conference. Uh, Stay tuned because there's going to be more segments from the conference coming at you. This is Small Biz Florida. This has been Small Biz Florida, created and produced by the Florida Small Business Development Center at Indian River State College. Your host for Small Biz Florida is Tom Kindred. Partners for Small Biz Florida include WPSL and WSTU and Indian River State College, named the 2019 winner of the Aspen Prize for Community College Excellence.